Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Dr. Hoji, the electric smoji. Hude society. And the great John Sheeran. And guys, I want to first of all talk about congratulations on staying relevant. I told John last week, I don't know what the point of the show is anymore with these new bangles looking the way they do and doing the things that they do. Yeah, especially because we're we're good at being negative. Yeah. It was was starting to get hard to do that. And you don't usually have people that look like us talking about championship contenders. No, no, no. That that would be rude and and inappropriate. But I want to start with introduction. And I want to say, if you're watching this here on the YouTube channel, you can also open in a different box the Brinks.tv show. Right. Watch us there. And it is on the loop. It is shown... Uh, Courtney, correct me if I'm wrong, about 28 to 30 times a day. It is, uh, it is. We try uh, and limit the amount of ridiculousness on the channel. So just a couple. Just a couple not very times. smart. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, well, that's because they have a lot of other content on the show. And Courtney, I'm going to pull that up here and look. So, okay. So there is. A, a podcast called Mr. Bell Revere. It is a, a Mr. Belvedere podcast. They go over each episode. Uh, this and, sounds made uh, up. No? Okay. This does not sound like the Brinks TV I watch every well, day. Well, I will tell you this. Look, no, Brinks TV, this is this is true. I didn't make this clear, but Courtney, they have the Ray Lewis show, and I watched some of it. Yeah. It's fantastic. That, that's true. It is about, you know, austerity and temerity and the championship mentality. And right. I was looking at some of the guests and let me just read some of the list of the guests that I found on there. So you had, hold on, Pope Benedict. Who wow. Was, he was the champion. He ain't even Pope anymore. Well, he was the champion of the Catholic Church from 2012 to 2013, which was the same right. year that Ray Lewis won his last championship. I, I'm starting to wonder if maybe these are what you would call, how should we say, fraudulent reporting or um, how shall we say, uh, una- inaccurate journalism. Uh, I'm trying to think of the phrase here. Yeah. Yeah. Fake well, news. We fake call news. that fake okay. news. Fake news. <laughs> fake news. Oh, my gosh. You did the fake news, Daddy. Well, no, but Courtney, really. I mean, I saw Peyton Manning was on there. Wow. Marvin Lewis was on there. The Marvin. Know, so many great players, Edgen and James, great players were on there. And it's, it is a kind of raw, emotional, very interesting interviews. Uh, and uh, that is the same Brinks team. And we hope to get on there. Sounds a lot like our show. Raw. Yeah. Promotional. 
But let us talk about the letdown against the Jets. Now, John right. promised me last week that the Bengals would not suffer a letdown. John. And How about that, that? Oh, that's a good one. Who did? Yeah. Yeah, like who died or yeah. who... Well, they did. Is, is when we who say who day, we say who's going to beat the Bengals. They beat the Bengals. So yeah. who day? They did who day. Who day is dead. But yeah. but here's the thing. So the Bengals, okay, they got torn apart by they the Jets. They didn't get torn apart. Well, I mean, the Jets... They, they lost by three. three points. They lost by three points. No, I was going to say okay. the way it happened. Right. The average depth of pass for... Mike White, the quarterback for the Jets, was... John, hold on. It was four inches. He no. threw an average of four inches down the field That's and short. got an average of nine and a half yards. I think it was 100 that, inches, about three how yards. How is that possible? John, how is that possible? Look, man, I, I failed to recognize who the Jets' offensive coordinator was in this game. It was the same guy who was the pass game coordinator for the 49ers in the last few years, and when the 49ers have had sex, a la, what, 2019 against the Bengals, it's been a lot of short passing concepts, getting guys into space, a lot of yeah. lateral horizontal movement. When you have athletes and a play caller and a quarterback who's at least accurate in the short part of the field and you're, and the opposing defense is giving you a lot of space to make those things work, you can just dink, your, dink and dunk your way to 34 dink points, and, and that's exactly and what they did. Yeah. I, yeah. No one expected Mike White to do this because no one knew who Mike White was. This is the first real exposure that we got from Mike White. Exactly. Turns out he can kind of throw the football five yards down the field, and when everyone is wide open because you're for whatever reason taking just play, playing a lot – a lot further back than you should be and giving these guys a lot of space and you don't adjust for the entire game, you're going to get just paper cut to death. And that's exactly what yeah. happened. Yeah. Well, that's what I was yeah. saying. Death by a million cuts. I, I got a comment or two to make about this, which is that the Bengals are a young team, a vibrant team. And I think a, a loss is good for them every once in a while. It's like a knocker in the head, gets them going, gets them energized again. They have to keep their eyes on the ball, keep things straight. But let me just say one thing. The Bengals are a young team when it comes to being winning and being on top. But the Bengal fandom is also not used to this situation. And it really showed after the Jets lost. A loss is just a loss. They happen all the time. The Bengals fandom was acting like this was some big deal. Who cares, man? You just lose and you go to the next game. But let me just say, it reminds me a lot of when I took you to that benefit. Do you remember that? The benefit for owls? And you kept taking the hors d'oeuvres and putting them in your pocket. Do you remember that? You came home. That, you got to learn is, how to. You got to learn. Right? Yeah, you that got is, to yeah. learn. You what got to that? learn how to hang with the big wigs. Oh, and the yeah. Bengals don't know how to. I want to go to the comments that are posted here, and and a lot of people are taking offense or they are objecting to your comment about the Bengals getting torn apart. That was you. And I would say that is a good point. You said that. But I will say this, uh, what Hoji might have meant is that, you know, the tackling was so bad, like Logan Wilson had looked so good and they, right. just, they just seemed like they couldn't tackle. It wasn't a short week. If it was a short week, if this was a Thursday night game, we'd be like, okay, they're tired. Okay, no. they overexerted themselves against the Ravens. Right. But they didn't really have an explanation for coming out so flat and right. then just, you know, the, the, the four inches by four inches by four inches uh, getting, uh, yeah. But guys, look. Can can we can Mike we just White. take a little break I, and I have to... John? Can we just have John sing "White Christmas" to us with that microphone? I That's been snowing yet. Dreaming. I, well, speaking of, a of white. Well, speaking of the Jets and Vites and Mike White, I want to talk about the guy that everybody's calling Mike White Light, 
which is Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah. I want to talk to the editor of, hold on, Brown's Digest, wow. Mr. Hold on. Pete, Pete Smith. Smith. The one and only. Guest. Yes. And he is the, the host of For Pete's Sake. Mr. Peter Smith, welcome to oh, the show. Oh, welcome to the show. Hello. It is such an honor to have you, a journalist on this show, raising things up a notch. We're talking about Browns versus Bengals here. Browns versus That's Bengals. Talk about. And it is uh, the preview. And basically, Mr. Smith, I, I want to ask you, because a lot of people are saying, look, Baker Mayfield, what he's supposed to do? He throws the ball, they drop the ball. They catch the ball, they fumble the ball. He, what, what else can he do? He, you know, he throws the ball and, you know, OBJ doesn't want to get hit. So he, he crunches, you know, he kind of like, he, he, he stops short and stretches out his arm instead. What is your take on this? What, what, is, what is really going on with the Browns offense? I think in general, the Browns offense is pressing across the board. I think they have a lot of similarities with the Chiefs, honestly, if you watch that game against the Giants. I think they have guys, Baker Mayfield most notably, Jarvis Landry is a good example of this past game, who are just trying to do too much, and it's ultimately costing them in a big way. Uh, the same way Patrick Mahomes was doing too much against the Giants and ultimately led to more problems than solving them. I think both those teams, but the Browns in particular, they want to win so badly. They feel like, you know, this is their year and all these things that they've actually done so much that they have so many guys on both sides of the ball that are trying to make hero plays that they're actually hurting themselves and putting themselves in bad situations, which is ultimately why Baker Mayfield one hurt his arm and her shoulder in the first place. And then two broke his humerus in his shoulder. The second, the second time he went down, because he's trying to do too much. And that has been sort of an issue I've seen with this team the whole year. So what I'm hearing is he tried so hard that he, he lost his sense of humor. And he's just, it's just a very cold kind of dark kind of life that he has now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, were, the, you, were you listening? Because I don't yeah, think that's what Pete said. He Pete lost said. his No, but no, no. Humorous is a bone. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah. He's hurt. The man is hurt. He's, he's oh. ailing. He's an but, ailing Baker Mayfield. No. That, that is, that Pete speak, he's the expert. But what I want to ask you, Pete, is a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying this, that they're the same old yeah. Browns. People talking. They have a lot of talent, people but be ultimately the Browns are going to Brown, same way the Bengals are going to Bengal, and we yeah. saw that last week. What do you think? The do Browns they, Brown downtown, the Bengals Bengal in the jungle. Basically, where, is you, where do you stand on free will and predestination? Do you think the Bengals and the Browns can write their own destiny or not? Yeah, in this case, I think it's all about their health. I think the Bengals will go as far as Joe Burrow allows them in the sense that he's upright. Right. Uh, it, you know, you watch that game against the Ravens where they, they they did really well and obviously beat the crap out of them. At the same time, you're also terrified because that's, you know, that's the game where he sort of bruised his throat and you're sitting there going, there's always this element you're holding your breath because you've got this phenomenal talent between him and Jamar Chase. And then you're always sitting there going, how long is this going to hold up with a questionable offensive line in the same sense that I think Baker Mayfield can be a really good quarterback. He's clearly proven that, but he's also hurt. And there are some lingering issues with health along the offensive line health with their receivers. And it's again, it's sort of holding them back from just realizing what they're capable of. So 
you can see them do some great things where they score 40 some points against the Chargers, ultimately lose. And you can see them do things like score 10 and lose a game they, they could have easily won against the Steelers in the same way that the the Bengals beat the uh, Ravens in a huge, what should have been a huge win for them. And then when you give it away against the Jets, it sort of mutes that, you know, that, that great feeling you had. So let us go to QB1, somebody to love. And basically, QB1, I think I somebody the, to love. I think that's yeah, it. I think, I think I know what, what your answer will be. is like, look, Baker, you know, we have to look at things in a vacuum. He's doing his job. Right. Yeah. But I th- I, he, let me let me ask you this. When, when I see receivers drop a lot of passes, you know, right. it, it tends to happen, you know, to certain quarterbacks or certain offenses. Yeah. It, like, they ain't throwing quite, quite right is what he's saying. They ain't well, throwing, you know, it's like, like they're, just not, kinda... they're not where they want them or when they want them yeah. or they have bad experiences that kind of kind of I don't know. I don't know. Maybe but because like, look at OBJ with a guy like Eli Manning and then look at OBJ now. Yeah, it just worked. What, what is going on? What, I mean, uh, like what I mean is... It, it, is Baker, he, he, what he's really asking is, you know, we see Baker on the commercials, we see Baker do this, and then sometimes we see Baker playing, it doesn't really look Baker. Is Baker real or not? Is he the real deal? Is he elite? Is he like well, what he's supposed to be? Well, I guess what I would say is, is there something going on where he can't get the most out of that, you know, skill set, personnel, those guys? You sticking with Baker? Yeah, I think Baker's fine. Whether or not this connection works between him and Beckham, I think most people at this point would say it doesn't. No. Um, I think part of that is, again, you're looking at a guy like Odell Beckham who who is playing through a significant amount of pain with his shoulder. He sprained his AC joint severely. Uh, and he's a guy who wants to win, who, want, who thinks he's going to win with the ball in his hands. And when they lose and he doesn't get the ball – He's a guy who's emotional. He's a guy who gets very frustrated. He's a guy who can yeah. get in a fight with a kicking net. Uh, so uh, those two things don't really mesh in the way that the Browns don't want to force targets to any one player. They want to take what sort of the, uh, the defense is giving them. That doesn't always work out for a guy like Odell Beckham. And I think that part of it is not meshing well. There are plenty of people who believe that Baker Mayfield is better without him in general, whether it's a pressure thing, whether it's, you know, coercing him to somehow force it or whatever that dynamic is. I think Baker Mayfield Mayfield can certainly function as an alpha quarterback and play really well. He did that clearly last year with his best receiver being Richard Higgins. Uh, But he's not playing as well as he did last year. Uh, The receivers are not playing as well as they did last year. And the offensive line is experiencing some inconsistency with injury. All those things combined are sort of leaving you with this sort of inconsistent, unsatisfactory, uh, a product that's also sort of leaving you just now looking for answers. And some of, some of those, especially in the NFL where it's week to week, it, it, it becomes fire everybody or trade everybody after a loss. And in, in the case of the Browns this year, fire some guys, but they're still going to the Super Bowl after they win. You know, when you start, talk, Pete, about inconsistencies, I like to talk about the Browns secondary, because if it's going to be a fun Bengals game, I think it's going to be one where we see those long bombs and we see a lot of fun, you know, as you say, the, the Burrow Chase connection. And that secondary, that Brown secondary, tell me about it because it hasn't been, it hasn't, it wasn't like the, the strongest factor, at least going into the season. I haven't watched a lot of Browns games this year. What do you think? What are we up against? 
John Johnson's great. Um, he, he the last couple of games, he's been exactly what they've wanted. Um, unfortunately, he went out with a stinger this past week, so he's day to day with that. The issue they're running into is Ronnie Harrison is super inconsistent. Yes, uh, he's he's just not doing his job in a lot of cases, making misreads or going for plays he shouldn't. He's basically you know, uh, taking the cheese a lot. And then Grant Delpit is exceptionally talented, but he's only these are the first games he's actually playing because he missed all of last year with the Achilles. He wasn't able to practice as much because of lingering issues with that, some hamstring issues. So he's inconsistent. So with the Browns defense that asks a lot from their safeties, that is leading to some breakdowns, which is leading to some big plays. Their corner play is really pretty good, even when they don't have Denzel Ward out there. But the safety breakdowns are really hurting them. And then when they lost Johnson this past week, the fact that they want to play with three guys and then when they lose him, they're down to two. And suddenly they're having to play uh, some more linebackers at that point because they have some issues with their their depth. Uh, MJ Stewart's been out for a while with injury. That's left them sort of in a position they don't want to be. So when they're healthy, they're okay, but they're still having some breakdowns. Uh, they were much better against the Broncos, was not as good against the Steelers, but that's been an issue they have not yet solved. And that has allowed teams uh, and potentially a team like the Bengals with a guy like yes. uh, CJ Uzama, who's been really, really impressive to capitalize on that, or potentially if, you know, they run something that allows Jamar Chase to sort of find himself in a safety and they misread it, potentially wide open down the field. That's good pronunciation of Uzama, but I, just, just so we're all on the same page, the Browns have been dealing with a lot of injuries, and maybe Bengals fans may not be up to date with who is nursing injuries or who may be out for this game. So even though there's no injury report for this game just yet, could you kind of give us a quick rundown of all the key impact Browns who are dealing with injuries right now? Yeah, I mean, John Johnson's day-to-day. Jadevian Clowney, um, he's dealing with three different injuries. He played last week, but he was clearly laboring, so his status is a little bit up in the air. Offensive line-wise, Jack Conklin is out for several weeks. He dislocated his elbow last week. You know, they had, I think, a quarter and a half of the starting offensive line. They started with week one before Jedrick Wills went down with an ankle, so that's been an issue. Kareem Hunt is still out. JOK is still out. So those are the main guys. Denzel Ward, I doubt he will play in this game. They're really happy with what they're getting out of Greedy Williams and uh, Greg Newsom, who's been a really impressive rookie. But they're down a few guys in that spot. Linebacker-wise, not having JOK has been a bigger deal than they would like to admit. Uh, so those are the biggest guys they're missing. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but those are sort of the, the key guys. And obviously Jarvis Landry still dealing with a knee Odell Beckham, whatever his status is going to be with this, still dealing with the shoulder, but those guys will likely play if they're they're in the lineup. And we can add we can add Baker because Baker isn't the hundred percent. He's at best. Yeah, 80. I mean, look, he's going to play. Uh, that's just who he is. I mean, he would have played against the Steeler or the uh, Broncos Thursday right after he injured himself. I mean, he went back into the game with a broken bone in his shoulder yeah. against the Cardinals. Uh, that's just what he is. But yeah, he's got a torn labor in his shoulder. So that's going to be something that lingers with him the whole season. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we talked about with the Jets game, how the biggest problem is going to be their defensive line. And right. well, look, we saw Mike White, you know, kind of like this. Who, who John? What did John say? Like, it, you know, his paper cut us to death. But but at the same time, we did have some struggles, John, in in, in protection, right? We had some breakdowns, and we, you know, so this game. Well, let's let us go to along the lines, please. 
And this game, Miles Garrett is not going to be around. Okay. But John, what what do you think? What how is that matchup? Can the Bengals first of all remember Bengals running backs tend to have their biggest games against the Browns, right? I mean, I remember even Jeremy Hill had like half of his yards against the Browns, right? I mean, I could see Joe Mixon. Like that. So Mixon has had a good season, actually. Let us talk about our offensive line versus their defensive line, John. I think Miles Garrett just matters in in ways that Aaron Donald matters. It matters. He matters in ways that Reggie White matters. Like you can never ignore where Miles Garrett is on the field because he will he will mess he will mess you up. He will mess you up. He will mess up double teams. Not us. Mess, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, he has messed up the Bengals. Like you, you remember when Cedric Obey was playing when they were both rookies. Like Miles Garrett had the game of his life against him. It, it, it hasn't really mattered who the Bengals have put up against Miles Garrett. Jonah Williams gave him a great fight last year, I think, in that Thursday night game, and there were still some times where Garrett almost killed Joe Burrow. And, yeah, like, Garrett is just someone that you have to account for, but now the Browns have built a defensive line where they have Jadavion Clowney, they have Malik McDowell, they have Malik Jackson, they, they, they have Jordan Elliott, they have these other guys at defensive tackle, and and all those guys are decent, but they don't none of them measure up to what Miles Garrett can do. And I, I think it'll be interesting because they move Garrett inside a lot on passing downs and the Bengals right now have a question mark at right guard because Jackson Carmen is currently day-to-day with a back injury. His only other backup is rookie Trey Hill who's averaging one penalty every 20 snaps. So I, I would it wouldn't surprise me if they stunt Miles Garrett a lot inside to take advantage of that, of, of that hole at right guard and just have him straight up line up at three technique because that's something that he's done in the past. Other than that, like, you know, the Bengals, they, they took care of Jadavion Clowney last year when he was with the Titans, and Clowney's been kind of up and down dealing with injuries this year as well. I'm really interested in Malik Dow, McDowell, too, because he's really talented, and he's just been out of the league for a while, but he seems to have found a home in, in, in Cleveland. So the Browns have done a good job of building that overall defensive line, but it, it doesn't matter if they, can, if they can't stop Miles Garrett, at least contain him. I thought you said he wasn't going to play, John. Now, now I'm scared. What do you mean he's not going to play? I thought he was injured. No, he's fine. I mean, he's he's injured in the sense that he's got some stuff, but no, he, oh. he doesn't miss games. Emotionally, games. emotionally, but physically he's fine. Well, that's yeah, not I mean, good. That's not good. He, he doesn't miss Bengals games. He knows what he's going to see. Yeah. yeah. He's a big fan of Joe Burrow. So, okay. I'm not worried, really. I'm not worried about, about uh, you know, I think Joe Burrow has really learned how to navigate, you know, well, let us let us make your prediction then, Hoji. Let's go to predictions. Yeah, my prediction, okay. I'm going for a Bengals win. Bengals are angry. You made them angry. You've played with the tail of the tiger, as we say, and now the tiger is angry. And I'm going to say that it's going to be a Bengals win by a field goal, seventy yarder. I keep calling it till it happens, and it's going to be a twenty-seven to twenty-four Bengals. Okay. Okay. Mr. Peter Smith, what is your prediction? Uh, it, as difficult as it is to sort of predict what the Browns are going to give you week in and week out right now, I actually think they're going to win, and it's because the Browns give them the same problems that the Bears did and the Jets did. I don't know how they're going to protect Joe Burrow against this front. And Joe Burrow has been phenomenal when he's gotten time, but when he's gotten pressure, that sort of led to some problems. Um the Browns, the, the Browns' run defense is pretty good. They're in, they were inconsistent. They did not play very well against the Steelers. But you know, against Jonah Williams, Miles Garrett had two sacks the last time these guys played. Malik Jackson had four pressures the last time he saw the Bengals when he was a member of the Eagles. I don't know what Jadavion Clowney's going to be able to do. But Takaris McKinley's a really good matchup against what the Bengals have on the outside. 
because he's a speed rusher. And if the Bengals are consistently uh, finding themselves in passing situations, they're actually a good matchup. What I don't know is how well the Browns are going to be able to run because the Bengals defensive front is really underrated. I think league wide in the same way that I wasn't surprised that sort of the Bengals did a really good job against Lamar Jackson because they've got really big wide ends that make it really difficult for those guys to get to the perimeter and they're stout enough to sort of collapse. I'm very curious to see what they can do against a guy like Nick Chubb, but I still think the Browns are ultimately going to find a way to win and sort of muddle up this division even more in the same way that I think we're going to see the, this division other than the Ravens who, you know, aren't officiated by league rules anyway, uh, cannibalize each other. And I think those bottom, those bottom three teams are going to keep beating each other up for the whole season. And who's your player of the game, Mr. Peter Smith? Oh, in this case, I would say it'll be Miles Garrett. I, like I said, I, I, I think the, you know, Zach Taylor's, I won't, say he's a genius, but he's not a moron. He understands that they've got to get the ball out quickly, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do enough to sort of prevent Miles Garrett from not making a big play, whether it's a fumble, whatever, some type of turnover that they desperately need, and, and he's more than capable of producing. John? I think it ultimately comes down to Baker, who is quietly, maybe not for the Browns, but for Bengals fans, he's quietly 5-1 and one against the Bengals in his career. And neither team has had issues scoring against each other. We saw last year Thursday night's shootout. We saw the Bengals' um, offense come alive against them in their home game, but ultimately the defense let them down. And I think it's games like this, is, which is why the Bengals have completely rebuilt their defense to take on the New Age Browns and the New Age Ravens. And they, they saw success against the Ravens earlier this year, but this is their first test against the Browns' offense that is still it, it's going in, into a flux. And this, like... Mayfield has history of, of doing well against the Bengals, and they can't really discount that. I, I think this is just, after this game, the schedule really does get real from the Bengals, and they're coming off of a bad loss against a bad team, and they have another bad team in the Browns with another bad quarterback. I'm, I'm just kidding, Pete. I'm trying to rally you up there a little bit. But, <laughs> it's um, not working. No, like, no, I mean, you can't face Pete. He's, he's the no. man there. But Stone Cold. I, I really do think it comes down to just how the Bengals um, – how they face Mayfield? Can they force him to have one of his one of his worst games against the Bengals? Because uh, I think the Bengals defense is going to be hungry in this game. They're coming um, off an embarrassment great. against Mike White, and I think they're going to try to make a statement. But it's not going to be a blowout, regardless. I'm going to say the Bengals barely squeak out a win here, maybe at the gun with a field goal, because like the Browns are definitely better than I think Bengals fans are giving them credit for. But yeah. the, the the timing probably couldn't couldn't be better for the Bengals coming off of that loss. Yeah. Well, if you're asking me, I am. I say it's anyone's game, really. I mean, it could be anybody's game, you know, um, but... Here it comes. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bengals are going to pull it out 28 to 3. And I think that the play of the game would be Joe Mixon. So when they say anyone's game, it could be Joe Mixon, it could be Tyler Boyd, it could be any of these guys. But that I think it would most likely be Joe Mixon. I said he'd be the player of the game last week, you know, fantasy-wise he was. He had two touchdowns. But I think he has 130 yards rushing or more. And look, the Bengals have had their worst games against the worst teams other than the Packers. But I mean, you know, the Bears, Jaguars, they had to really claw their way back. And then the Jets. And the Browns are a bad franchise. And... Their quarterback, I call him a rich man's Andy Dalton, lovingly, 
I mean that in the nicest way. There is no nice way to say that. Like that, that there is no nice rich, interpretation of being that. rich in any situation. No, is always good. You're saying an it overpaid. Like no, 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 no. This is passive aggressive. Classic, classic passive aggressive behavior. You have upset our guests. It's, you don't need to deal with this. Give the Bengals a W and get ready for the Raiders. Yeah, just just give it to us, Pete. Give us that. And uh, but look, no, Pete. I'm sorry. You have to see this. This is a professional show. But but sometimes, you know, Hoji kind of... Speaking of which, yeah. John and I are going to start a, a union. I don't know if you've heard the news, but we're going to unionize. Oh, we're announcing that now? Yeah. Well, we're going to get health benefits and dental. Finally. Courtney, Courtney, tell them that is no longer... That's not legal. Courtney. No, I don't. I don't think you can do that on your own. Yeah, Pete, see, you, Pete can. you can join our union. Let us, Courtney, can you please go to the actually the most important segments that right. promotion oh yeah pete. yeah so this show is about a lot of things uh pete it is you know we talk some football we talk a little bit about life environment about the love no we don't talk about the environment but uh but ultimately pete it always comes down to money right because because basically uh thank you thank you for that courtney do you hear that touching music? Pete, what we want you and your fellow Browns fans and your readers and your listeners to do is to go out and support your those hated AFC North rivals and support our show because this is the number one Bengals podcast, but it is the worst Bengals podcast and least insightful, which means when you are supporting us, you are actually hurting the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. That is my pitch to you. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like we're bad, but we're number one. Yeah. So you I should support it. it. Yeah. I don't know how we do it. But yeah. uh, that is that's all I have for that. Okay. Look, everybody. I don't think you're going to get a lot of Browns help. Go subscribe to Sports Illustrated. Follow Pete on Twitter. Read all of it's his books. They are, one and only. They are, they are free. And he has the Pete's sake podcast go subscribe daily five a star review for peter smith oh yeah and john sheeran and dr hoji dr gasmoji one and only i am here to tell you please until the please. music kicks in please oh there you go subscribe to our show leave five a star review go to youtube subscribe there podcast everything john tell them Subscribe to DNA Sports on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at DNA Sports and listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere you get your podcast. Thank you. There we go. See you next time. So long. It's Fiti. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.